Well, hello, it's Pastor Carson from Calvary Tabernacle. Thanks for stopping by the podcast. We hope that it's a blessing to you, whether you're catching one of the Sunday or Wednesday messages, or maybe you're jumping on to listen to one of the Saturday snapshots. We're doing everything we can right here in the beautiful Fountain Square area of Indianapolis to try to reach and connect and disciple people towards Jesus Christ. Enjoy what you listen to, and I hope that it's a benefit to your life. Calvary Tabernacle on this Wednesday night. We're beginning a new series this evening. Psalms chapter 68 is kind of where I'll launch from tonight. We're going to talk about thanks living. <laughs> Amen. Anybody like me ever fight over the wishbone when you were a kid? Brother Lasha, I was looking at you waiting to see if your hand went up. Because I had a feeling you were a wishbone fighter too. I don't think I would now, but I would have liked to have wrestled you maybe in my younger days and for the wishbone. I remember grabbing a hold of that. I don't know if I ever got the bigger end of that wishbone deal. It's an exciting time around Thanksgiving. Most of us, we celebrate by eating too much. We do the same thing in Fourth of July, but I don't want to just have one day of the year where I'm thankful. And it's not the will of God for anybody in this place. Students, I'm talking to you too. I need you to know this. It's not just when you get an A. It's not just when you have a girl that actually says okay. She'll go out with you. <laughs> it's always good to be thankful. If, if you woke up this morning, you got something to be thankful for. If you can say thank you, you got something to say and be thankful for. Amen. Psalm 68, 19. Blessed be the Lord, who daily loadeth us with benefits, even the God of our salvation. Selah. Sister Cameron, that was great tonight. Just couldn't have been better. She came down and said, that, that was fantastic. I really, really appreciated what she had to say here tonight. Um. The witness of Scripture directs us to find our happiness in the blessing of God. In fact, the Greek word, makrios, found in the New Testament and often translated as blessed, also means happy. I've talked about this before. No doubt you've heard it before, but we got too many tr people trying to be happy. And you can't really find happy outside of holy you really can't because that's where you find out who you are and who you were designed to be. And you cannot find it outside of Scripture. Our happiness comes when we recognize, seek, and celebrate the blessing of God in our lives. Psalm 144 and 15 would be a good Scripture to take note of. May our happiness increase. I pray as we seek through this here a little bit tonight. I want to pray with you as we launch in talking about Thanksgiving, lesson, lesson one. Here, what we're going to talk about in this first night, and I'll kind of give you the precursor if you haven't seen it yet, but we're really going to focus on, uh, or take a fresh focus on blessings in our life. How many know you got to be intentional to look at the blessings? Some of us in this, it's not hard to find the negative things. 
It's not hard. Today would be very easy for some of us. But we cannot focus on negative things. We've got to focus on the blessings of God. All right? Lord, I thank you for our time together. I've done my very best to try to study and prepare and work through this lesson. I pray that you would help me to articulate with wisdom. I pray that you would let your anointing be upon us here tonight. Anoint me as I speak. Anoint them as they hear. But let us not only be hearers, but doers of the word also. I pray that while some of us write it in tablets and on paper, it would be written in the hearts of all of us. That we might do our very best to follow after you. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. So we're going to focus first on the blessings of God's love. It's easier to live in a life of thanks living or thanksgiving if you focus on the blessings of God's love. How about the fact that we are blessed with God's peace regardless of world conditions? Ladies and gentlemen, let me remind us here tonight, your worst day in North America puts you at the very top end of the spectrum in the world as a whole. We are, we are so blessed. The poorest person in the church tonight has certain countries where you would live like a king. We need to remember that we are a blessed people. Perhaps the opposite of peace would be stress and anxiety. And how many know that there seems to be a battle of that in our world like never before? Stress, anxiety. I have people that have told me over the last year, I've never felt anxiety in all my life. In fact, some very public figures that are not even associated with our church, but maybe they are Christians as a whole, that have talked about the battles with stress and anxiety. The circumstances of our lives and the world around us cause us to yearn for even a moment of respite. Whether they're financial concerns, health concerns, challenges of raising our children. Thank God for family month we've just come through. But how many know that's not a fix-all? It's still going to be work. Trying to find balance between work and church and family responsibilities. Some of you barely got out of the house tonight. You got home from work. You tried to do dinner. You left. Kids got spaghetti stains on them. Some of you already had your tie on. Tried to brush your teeth after the fact. You got toothpaste on your tie. You ripped your tie off and... We've got things going on. But it's not all just personal. It's not all just life. There are very much spiritual attacks that we're dealing with. Some people, listen, the same way as I don't believe in turning everything into a spiritual attack, I don't believe in denying the spiritual attacks either. Because you are under a spiritual attack. If you are a man or a woman that is trying to live for God in such an ungodly world, you will have spiritual attacks. That's why I would not convince you to, or try to uh, uh, convince you that it's ever okay for you to act as though you're spiritual and not strive to be prayerful and strive to be righteous. There's too many things going on. Paul declared, the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and your minds 
through Christ Jesus. That's in Philippians 4, verse 7. As we daily face new challenges. How many believe we face new challenges every day? We really do. But what else is restored and renewed every day? We know that His mercy is new every single morning. But what we've got to get up and do, every now and then you've got to crawl out of bed. It wouldn't be a bad practice for every day. When your feet touch down, whether you're stepping onto tile or carpet or hardwood or whatever it is, you put your feet on the floor, God, cover my mind. God, cover my heart today. I've got challenges ahead of me, but let me remind you one of our blessings. When you call his name, he hears you. He hears you. I don't know that we talk enough about the fact that that is a blessing from God. When we call on him, he hears us. Discover his peace by setting aside that time to pray, to read scripture, perhaps writing in that journal, or singing. Even if you're a terrible singer, just sing. Nobody knows. Anyway, just sing. Just sing. We are blessed with God's peace. Somebody say, I don't have peace. Imagine where you'd be without God. Isn't that a terrible thing to consider? I'm not saying you've got perfect peace every day, but I am telling you this. I believe very clearly, Brother Lindsay, we do have a perfect God every day. And I do believe He's accessible. I do believe we might have worry and fear and trepidation. I believe that anxiety is real. I believe that there's battles of the mind. I think there's stressors. Brother, Sister Brzezinski, new baby, working through this, I always want to ask, how's, how's he sleeping? What's that like? Because when you don't have enough sleep, you know that affects you. You can act like it doesn't. We all know. Grab a Snickers, we all know. A little hangry, a little upset. Things that come at you. But the God of peace, he is available for you. And, and you don't have to believe it, but I believe sometimes I just lay hands on my own head. And I said, who's ever done that before? Right there. Devil's trying to beat you up mentally, emotionally, and every now and then you, in the name of Jesus. And if anybody at work saw you, they thought you were crazy, but now they know you're crazy. But you remember that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And I'm going to tell you, one of the great strongholds in our day and age is the battle of the mind. And every now and then, i got to say, I claim peace over my mind, over every neurotransmitter, over every, every little. I don't care what the world says. I don't care what politics is doing. I don't care what the, regardless, who gets in office and who doesn't at the end of the day. He is the keeper. He is the sustainer. My God, I believe it. No matter who's in office, this is where we're going to find our peace. Amen. We're blessed with God's presence. We talk about it, we sing about it, we shout about it, but every now and then we need to just be reminded personally of it. Brother Brown, the most devastating attribute, according to most theologians, about hell is separation from the presence of God. Even the strongest atheist in this world 
The greatest among us with the most proficient apologetics for their own particular beliefs. They themselves have no understanding in their finite thinking what it really means to live excluded from the presence of God. Ladies and gentlemen, in Him we live. In Him we move. In Him we have our being. We didn't get any good gifts by ourselves. Every good gift and every perfect gift cometh down from the Father of lights in whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. I walk in His presence. I, I move in His presence. I, I, when I get up and I draw breath, I, I draw in the presence. I'm in the presence. I'm in the presence of God. That's why we don't exclude people from worship at Calvary Tabernacle. Something happens when the body comes together and we begin to sing about His name and we begin to magnify and... I know it's a Wednesday Bible study, but I'm telling you, the presence of God is something we should not take for granted. Oh, I do not want to know what it ever feels like to be in an environment that is void of the presence of God. Brother Jordan singing those old songs. Remember that old song? He walks with me and he talks. And he tells me I... I'm his own. Mm. After, David, after David sinned his actions with Bathsheba, he prayed Psalm 51, 11, Cast me not away from your presence. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. When we have experienced the blessing of God's presence, there's nothing in this world that can replace the joy and the assurance that it brings. That's why people that backslide can't even get backsliding right. I'll tell you the truth. They, they can't. It'll tell on you. Your outfit will tell on you. Your makeup will tell on you. Come on, am I telling the truth or what? People look clueless. I've watched backsliders. Try, try, they, they're not good. They, were, they knew how to live for God. They thought they had an idea of what it meant. Don't take your presence from me. Don't take your presence from me. The thing about it is, man, I'm reaching for somebody right now. I don't. His presence will find you. I talked to, I talked to a, a girl, Brother Kilman. She had been backslidden for, uh, I don't know how long, backslidden, walked away from God. She said, we'd sit in the bottom of a party, college campus. She said, we'd sit in the bottom of a basement at a party. She said, and we'd sit there doing everything we could to ignore the call of God on our life. She said, and this is, she said, before God, and it's amazing the ministry she's in right now. She said, before God, we'd sit in the corner. She said, I would try to drink away what I felt. She said, but the more I drank, she said, the more I'd look around the room and think of who could be a great preacher. And who could be a great mission? She said, and I'd try to fight that feeling. I'm telling you, there's people right now that want you convinced that they don't want anything to do with church. But there's a presence of God that's calling and drawing and pulling and reaching. And if you don't like somebody that, that wants to reach for prodigals, you won't like me at all because I want them all to know that there is a presence that's drawing them and there's a presence in this place. 
They don't have to get good to get God. I still don't believe that. I think we got to get God to get good. And, and if they could just get into the presence of the Lord. Mm. Something about God's presence. Why don't you throw your hands towards heaven? Just thank him for his presence. Thank you that we feel you. Come on, David said, in thy presence there is fullness of joy. I don't want just joy. The world is trying to be happy. I don't want a temporary happy. I want fullness of joy. And I can't find that anywhere but in the presence of God. Amen. God bless you. Praise God. The presence of God enables us to receive the blessing of joy. I just want to be happy. Well, you want eternal happiness? Try heaven. It's the answer. I don't mean that condescending. I mean it informative. That's the road you need to get on. How about this? We are blessed with God's joy. He provides a stable anchor for our mood, whether tossed by storms of life or experiencing the, the euphoria of victory. God's anchor of joy was, des, or was demonstrated when the ancient scribe Ezra declared unto Israel at the dedication of the second temple, Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. I believe it's in your notes there, Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10. The people of Israel were sorrowful because the new temple was not as glorious as the temple of Solomon, the temple that Solomon had built, and they experienced sadness, watch this, from unmet expectations. So many people then are the reflection of people now that are sorrowful because the real life cannot compete with your fantasy. The fantasy, oh, I got to be careful. I'm not going to. The, the fantasy of what you think they should be, you ought to compare against the reality of who you are. Well, if she would only. Well, she's thinking if you would only. How about the fantasy of what the church is supposed to do for us? I didn't even get a call. You didn't tell anybody. Brother God, not here, but maybe in Alaska. Probably in Alaska. I'm sure somewhere along the time you dealt with somebody who was frustrated and no one even knew. Didn't even get a call. Hey, the fantasy of a thing? Well, they should have discerned. Really? You dealt with that, huh? That's, I would have thought you would have discerned. I didn't. I didn't. I am now discerning that you don't tell the whole truth. We talked about this first month I was here in a series about communication and communication back breakdown. We've got to talk. They were frustrated. Here they come in the temple, and it is a letdown. 
this isn't what we thought it would be. No, the problem is you need stimulation because your real relationships are not solid. I need what I need. If we're not careful, ladies and gentlemen, we will need church to be what we refuse to be on our own. We need, listen, we need communal covenant. Study it. Individual covenant was always leading to communal covenant. Have to have it. We have to come together. Forsake not the assembly together of the congregation. We get it in a couple opportunities. We get it referencing here on earth, and we get it in reflection of glory. That's it. That's it. We've got to come together. Everybody say, we've got to come together. But I'm gonna, I, I want to burst this bubble. We are never going to be perfect. Smile real big. Smile. Come on, smile real big. Big enough your neighbor knows whether or not you didn't brush them after. Di- oh, you got a mask on. It won't matter. We're never going to be perfect. It's not about us being perfect. It's about him being perfect. We celebrate who he is. There is joy in belonging to the kingdom of God and recognizing the blessings that come from being connected to Jesus Christ and his church. Well, I'll go to a church that does take care This is not about a church. This is about the church. Please hear that. If it does not teach the oneness of God. (laughs) If it does not teach that you've got to repent of your sins. Which means not just saying sorry, but actually trying not to sin. That's what repentance is. An about face, a turn away. If they don't preach, you got to baptize all the way under the water in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. If they don't preach the Holy Ghost with the initial evidence of speaking in tongues, that's not who I'm talking about. I'm talking about the church. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. As believers filled with His Spirit, we can know that joy surpasses superficial things and fallacy fantasies of this world. Some people cannot get in a healthy relationship because they watch too much mess. It's just the truth. I've had too much marriage counseling tied around some fantasy that they built in their mind. Listen, when the story credit happily ever after is not real. If it was real, it would say, and they worked hard and made it. (laughs) Right? Sorry. How many testify that's reality? Ladies and gentlemen, can I be transparent and tell you it's the same way with living for the Lord? You show me somebody that's never fought a battle, I'll show you somebody that hadn't lived for God very long. You show me a minister that's never went through a time where they questioned who they were. 
I'll show you somebody who hasn't done very much. Everybody comes to crossroads where you got to choose again. This is who I am. This is what I believe. This is what he designed. This is what the word of God says. It might not be popular opinion, but I choose not a fantasy or a fallacy, but I choose the true joy of God. If you accept that, say amen. Amen. Let's focus on God's blessing in relationships. Family. I'm not going to spend a lot of time. We did this all month last month. Some of you are probably getting tired of it. But I will say this. Matthew 6. Seek first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto him. When we seek after God and what he desires for our lives. We open ourselves to the complete blessings of God. We've got to seek him. Prove me. Prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough for you to receive it. Malachi 3. Whether biological, blended, adoptive, or church family, God provides us with the opportunity to love and be loved by others. I addressed this already two weeks ago. I'm not going to dig into this, but I am going to remind someone in case you've started to relent, in case you've started, you've got to give love to get love. Allow yourself to be loved. God's blessings. You can live with a life of thanks if you can value your relationships. It is hard to truly value my relationships if I do not value this one. It is. It is hard for me to really value my relationships with the people in my life, regardless of whether they're in my immediate family, whether they're in the core part of my life, core friends, close friends, more of the, uh, uh, the community style of my relationship, and you just take these circles up. But it's hard for me to really value any of these unless I value this one. Watch this. Please catch this. If I manipulate this one, I will have a tendency to manipulate these. If I become one of those people who tries to use this relationship between me and God just to get what I want out of Him and I treat Him like a bellhop. Could you pick up my luggage for me? Because it's kind of heavy today. Thank you. I'll tip you with an amen. I'll tip you. I'll throw my ties in. And we, if we bellhop God, if we won't even mean to, but subconsciously, If we manipulate this relationship, we will manipulate these. Won't mean to, but we'll treat others. We've got to value the relationships in our life. Whether they're small or large, value those relationships in our life, okay? Those are God's blessings. How about our friends? We've got to have those. We've got to have those. As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his Friend, be my friend. Friendships are invaluable. Human relationships that provide recreation, laughter, and perspective. They allow perspective to our lives. Friends can provide a shoulder to cry on. Somebody say thank God. They can. They can provide that shoulder to cry on. They can give guidance. They can give safety. They can give counsel. 
Look at it in Proverbs eleven fourteen. 14. Our friends share in many of our fondest memories. No doubts we have friends that know us, care for us. In a lot of our cases, we have friends that are closer than members of our own family. Thank God for friends. God especially blesses us with friends who will support our spiritual well-being and encourage us to continue seeking after Him. Anybody that is a friend that consistently draws you closer uh, or to the world than to God, anybody that is consistently drawing you away, even if you think they are a friend, they are not. If they consistently make you want to be more like the world, they are not your friend. They might fascinate your flesh, but they are not your friend. Mm. While Scripture teaches us not to be attached to un, uh, unbelievers, 2 Corinthians 6, we are to seek friendship with Jesus Christ, John 15, and pursue friendships with those who demonstrate wisdom, Proverbs 13, and pursue righteousness, 1 Corinthians 15, 34. May God bless us with laughter. To laugh. You want to laugh with other people? Laugh at yourself. When it comes out wrong, Brother Brown, have you ever said it the wrong way? You just wish you hadn't all the time. I've had some embarrassing ones. I've had some big platform embarrassing ones, Brother East. I've said some things that I, in the back of my mind, I kept telling myself, just keep going. Just keep going. Don't pause. And then I'll catch somebody in the crowd, and they're doing this. <laughs> Got him. They can't wait to tell me after church. Had that happen about a month ago here. Said something during family month. Brother Henderson came up to me after service. He's preaching downstairs. I'm calling him out right now. <laughs> and you know what? I had it coming. You know what I did? I laughed. I didn't try to, oh, come on now. Let's not be silly about that. Let's just move on. Let's I laughed. Don't take yourself so serious. You can't even have fun. Do your best and get over it. Amen. Let's move on. Focus on God's blessings in society. I'm going to tell you right now, something we need to parade and talk more about and applaud is that we're blessed with integrity. Integrity. Males and females. Unfortunately, too often, this word's only associated with males. Male and female. Having integrity. The blessing of integrity is the product of seeking after the righteousness or the right living before God. It, this blessing begins when we take personal responsibility for our lives and decisions and we seek to submit them to biblical standards of righteousness. David declared in Psalm 25, 21, Let integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait on thee. The blessing of integrity and a reputation... Um, and a reputation for honest and just decisions can cause further benefits in society as we submit ourselves to God. Whether we are returning excess change given by a cashier in error, 
maintaining truthfulness with others, or demonstrating care for the oppressed, we are in turn blessing others. Mm-hmm. She gave me $5 too much. God, you're so good. <laughs> Pick up a shirt in the store, and you know it's supposed to say $29.99, but some little deviant came by and put a $9.99 sticker on it. Isn't God good? Okay, well, that's not going over real well, but it's, it's true anyway. It's right anyway. What's First Peter say? Having your conduct, your conduct honorable among the Gentiles that they that when they speak against you as evildoers might know by your good works, which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. How about blessed with work ethics? Let me, let me, let me, I'm just, let me talk to the Bible college students for a second. Just because you get a job at Chick-fil-A, <laughs> doesn't mean you can give away fries. Or milk, oh, there's like a nervous rumble, like a, but Carson, don't take those nuggets away. Don't take those nuggets away. I heard a preacher say one time, those nuggets are going to be at the marriage supper of the lamb. I don't, I don't. <laughs> those waffle fries dipped in Chick-fil-A sauce. If you don't like that, you don't like good eating. That's good eating right there. You Popeye's people can have it. <laughs> How about work ethics? How about this? How about the fact that we can have joy that we take work serious? When you're on the clock, you ought to be on the clock. Unless Facebook's a part of the job. <laughs> Man, I don't imagine you were the boss. Now, maybe you got a break time. If you got 15 minutes and web surfing is part of it, enjoy. Have fun. Here's how you know it's not ethical if, as soon as they walk in, You find yourself randomly saying neighbor numbers to the neighbor near you. I'm thinking 30%. <laughs> Got to make stuff up. If you got to create a lie. Hey, listen, we don't live like everybody else lives. We, we believe in having ethics in our business. Listen, that means we believe in ethical the way we treat each other. We're not trying to make a deal on everybody. Okay? Now, if you've got a business, you, you just got to have, you just got to make money. You just got to charge. I'm not saying don't go and charge. You charge a fair wage. You do what you've been doing. You get everyone's worthy of, uh, okay, you got it. But we do, ought to, we, we do need to treat people right. Okay? We can't be trying to make money on every person we see. People in the church trying to flip 
<laughs> well, I'll sell it to you for a thousand. You know you got it for a nickel. We got to be careful how we treat one another. And no matter what you do, Proverbs says, commit it to the Lord. Commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. The writer of Ecclesiastes says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. There's no work, no device, no knowledge, no wisdom in the grave whither thou goest. Ecclesiastes 9. Thank God we're blessed with the opportunity to choose a career. I ask every young adult before they choose a career to make sure that God has directed them. I'd ask you if you prayed about college, but you came to IBC, so I know you did. I know you prayed about it. No, it matters. It matters where you work. I don't believe on just... Well, hang on. There's no job worth your soul. Can I tell you this? There's no job worth your family. I don't care if you're going to make $50,000 more a year. If you lose your marriage over it, you didn't win. You didn't come out on top. It would have been... It would have been spiritual and ethical for you to walk in and reconfigure your budget and make less money and drive a lesser car and live in a lesser house and your whole family be saved. Amen. Praise God. Everybody here has been blessed with talents. I know I got to go. God provides us with various talents to serve this kingdom and to benefit society. Okay? A lot of our talents are based on natural ability. Natural ability. And he'll take that and use it for his kingdom. Regardless of how we received our talents, we recognize they are sourced from God. If you're in construction, use it in some way for God. If you're a teacher, use it some way for God. Technology, we got a great IT department. Brother Wright and uh, some of the ones that work here, I shouldn't start naming names, but I, I know his name. I saw it at the top of the list. Brother Wright and some of the ones, you don't want me doing IT. I'll call support. <laughs> I can do just enough to be dangerous. I can get far enough in to call somebody. <laughs> it's not my gifting, but for some people it is their gifting. For some, it's medicine. I, I, I'm glad all the kind words we get. And I, I'm, I'm thankful for the statements that people have given us about us being pastor, my wife and I coming in and leading, and we're doing our very best to pray for you and lead to you and, and, and preach and teach. But there's not one person in this room that has a scheduled surgery that wants to be lying on that bed and wants me to walk up and try to become the doctor too. If I walk into anywhere and go straight from prayer and then say scalpel. <laughs> You're right. She said, we're in trouble. That's exactly right. You probably want me to stop at amen. He might not have the Holy Ghost. But when it comes to this part. Pastor, I love you. But I'm going to need you to go. And I'm going to tell you where I'm foolish. If I think that I have to be the favorite in every area. Then I have what would be considered a Messiah complex. If you're on any team and you've got to be everyone's favorite, you have an ego issue. 
Okay? Got to allow those talents to be given to God. That's a blessing that God gave you talents. If you're a one-talent person, just, just do something. Don't dig a hole in the dirt. We know that parable. We don't have time to run through it. Do something with that talent. If you're a two-person or two-talent person, maybe you're a five-talent person. It's frustrating sometimes to be a one-talent person that always is in a five-talent crowd. Right? Just take what you've got and invest it for the kingdom of God. we got to focus on God's blessing in our daily lives. A sound mind, we need it. A sound mind. He's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. Listen to me. While pastoral counselors and other helpers can lead us on a path and try to help us towards a sound mind, it is God who restores us mentally and emotionally. we got to focus on these blessings in our daily lives. Ladies and gentlemen, the fact that you are able to get up and walk upright and breathe and talk and live and laugh and interact. I'm not saying you haven't had family problems. I'm not saying you're, you're, you might be battling sickness in your body. You might have underlying issues. You might have more devastation in your family, enough to run a sitcom. But listen, you're here. And those are blessings to focus on. Absence of fear. Some people need the victory over this right now. We've got to have absence of fear. The things that are scaring us to where we're unable to sleep or even function at work. His perfect love casts out all fear. It's what 1 John 4 tells us. The Lord is on our side. Psalm 118, He is fighting for us. Our God is greater than any obstacle, any enemy, any spirit. We have daily blessings. We experience them every single day. They are maintained, according to Habakkuk, as we walk by faith. But we have to continue to exalt Jesus Christ, allow God's works to be done in us and through us. It's what Sister Cameron was talking about tonight. I can't just have faith, I've got to speak. I've got to do that. And then listen, then I've got to focus on the fact that that's part of God's daily blessing in our life. He is our healer. He is our provider. But I cannot just know it. I have to be thankful for it. I cannot just have this Bible. I've got to be thankful for it. I cannot just have these clothes. I've got to be thankful for them. I cannot just, I cannot just have the ability to stand or have the ability to speak or have the ability. I have to be thankful. In all things, give thanks. Stand with me. Focus on God's blessings in time of trouble. Trust in the Lord. We will all face trouble. I put a host of scriptures on there for you to take a look at and look up. But we can trust in the Lord. We can be assured that He knows our situation. The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and He knoweth them that trust in Him, according to Nahum 1 verse 7. You will, if you have not already, you will find yourself in circumstances that do not make sense. 
But He is there. And for that you can be thankful. When the wind blows, He is there. And for that you can be thankful. He is our refuge and our strength. The blessings of God reveal in the fact that He is our refuge. He is our strength. He is a very present help according to Psalms 46 and 1 in that time of trouble. He is my rock. He's my fortress. He's my deliverer. God, my rock, in Him will I trust. He is my shield. He is the horn of my salvation. He is my high tower. He is my refuge. He is my Savior. He's the one that saves me from violence. He, he is. He is. He is. He is. He is, He is, He is. He is Jehovah Rapha, my healer. He is Jehovah Nisai, my banner. He, he is, He is, He is Jehovah Jireh, my provider. He is, He is, He is, He is, He is. Oh, throw your hands towards heaven. Give Him thanks with me. I feel the sweet spirit of the Lord. Woo! Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Whew. Let me send you out of here tonight with this. If you can't think, find anything to be thankful for this week, remember that you know His name. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous. Whew. The righteous do what? They, they run into it. In the midnight hour. Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. He'll find you in the, in the middle of the night when nobody's around. Jesus. He'll find you on the job site under your breath when everything seems stacked against Jesus. Jesus. You get a call from the doctor. Jesus. Jesus. Don't tell me we don't have anything to be thankful for. You might have everything against you, but you got a name. You got a name. You got a name. Everybody understand we need a life of thanks living. And in order to do that, we got to focus on the blessings of God. My challenge to you for this week is to let the blessings of your life become part of your conversation. Stop allowing the negativity of life to be what clouds the atmosphere around you. Talk about the blessings. I know your car's old, but it's running. Talk about it. Don't talk about what could, should, would. 